the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. Up to Palace. Post-match reaction to a Crystal Palace 4-1 defeat at home to uh, Chelsea uh, on this Saturday evening. Uh, my name is Matthew. I am the host for this evening, uh, as always, joined by my brother Luke. Luke, how are you doing? Evening, Matthew. Yes, Guinness lust today, but we've got some Abbott Ale, so uh, that's helping the Palace defeat uh, uh, be a little bit more palatable, I think. Very good. Always, always helpful. Kevin, how are you? I'm all right, Matthew. I'm very well, thank you. I haven't got a beer. I've got a cup of tea, uh, which is mostly just what the doctor ordered after watching that. Ross. Oh, okay. We'll come on to that then in a minute. Hopefully the cup of tea and a biscuit are accompanied. Um, uh, as always, don't forget, uh, listeners, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Pointer Podcast. Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about defeat tonight. 4-1 sounds quite a significant defeat. I'll kick us off. I, I, I think Chelsea were by far, far the better team tonight. And, and 4-1, to be honest, that it could have been a lot more. However, uh, I'm going to be a little bit controversial here, maybe. I wasn't that disappointed with Palace tonight. Kev? I knew you'd come to me saying that. Uh, well, I'll, I'll go up against you, Matt, and I'll say I was disappointed, actually, because I think that's what we want on the pod every now and then. I, I couldn't agree more. I thought Chelsea were exceptional. They were out of the blocks quickly, but I thought we generated our own downfall a few times. You know, the first goal, I appreciate we'll come on to the goals later, but, you know, we had chances to clear it, as they could have cleared it didn't and Chelsea were hungrier they were first to the ball first to everything uh, and we you know they passed the ball quickly which was obviously what they're about move past we couldn't get close but I think Chris Coleman said it and it got said I think by Darren Bent as well half time we didn't lay a glove on them uh, and before you know it you know there was warning shots before um, yeah disappointing I, I had visions of it being a Liverpool actually which was starting to worry me at 3-0 but then when we get a goal back, 3-1, if we've got that second one, I, who knows? It could have been interesting, but uh, disappointing. Uh, but at least they came out, I felt, Matt, with a bit of pride in the second half, which we didn't have in the first half, really, because Chelsea were, let's be honest, they were sensational first half, let's be honest. So, so Chelsea were great. What was, what was wrong with Palace today? Can I take that? Because that's how I try to measure Palace's performances, where I can find faults. So for me, Kev cut touching it there, I think, the first goal, Eze potentially is culpable in the sense that he doesn't clear the ball when he has the chance to. He could have just booted it up in the air and he didn't. So when he gets his pocket picked and then, I mean, Havertz has, has, a, has almost like a free roll to sort of say, I want the ball back now. And I think the key, the um, the analysis on Sky was a little bit harsh in terms of blaming Guaita. I think was it Graham Souness saying that Guaita should have got to it, but he's completely unsighted and he's completely bent the ball around Gary Cahill. So he's got no chance there whatsoever. I'm not having that Graham Souness. And then the second one, I don't know if it's the beer or the fact that it was two in quick succession. I don't really remember. The third goal, outstanding header. I mean, I'm not having that at all. I, mean, I think, again, Darren Bent was trying to have a go at Presente for, for, for sort of taking one step towards coming and then not coming. But that was an outstanding ball delivery and header. So I can't really find the fault in the third guy, if I'm honest. Look, we looked a, lot, a little bit more better when Jeffrey Stuck came on uh, for, for Eze and, and obviously provided that ball down the left-hand side. And I was crying out for Wilf to run that channel a little bit more. I felt that that was an area we could have potentially pressed Chelsea a little bit more. 
but great header from, from Christian Benteke, you know, who, who would have thought if you uh, put the ball in the box to his head, he can, he can start making an impact. Um, but then the fourth goal that kills it off, doesn't it? And that, again, is unlucky for me. Uh, Gary Cahill, you know, tries to get something on it. It falls very well to the, the Chelsea man and it's not really much you can do about it. So for me, I think we were better in the second half. It's not a disastrous Crystal Palace performance. You know, social media was full of all the, the doom and gloom at half-time, Palace being 3-0 down. Where there is a discussion to be made, and I think that it will be interesting for your boys' views on this, is one, what the Crystal Palace lose by um, playing Jean-Philippe Mateta 45 minutes when you're 3-0 down. I'm not saying necessarily in place of Christian Benteke, obviously, because he scored, but for, for someone else, potentially, giving him a 45-minute run out, giving them a 3-0 down. And would you play Eze over Schlupp for the remaining few games? No and no. Uh, I wouldn't play Mateta over Benteke. No way. I think Benteke offers so much more. He, he's chipping in with goals. He's, he's coming back into our half and beyond to win headers. I think he's been exceptional for us. And given the chap hasn't had a sniff, I think I turned to you at some point in the second half early on and said, is Benteke I touched the ball yet? Uh, <laughs> and I don't think he's really had many touches, to be fair. And uh, if any, it was maybe higher balls punted up to him where he had to try and jump for it and, 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 and scrap something. So he didn't get looking. But then when he gets the chance, he takes it, which is what he wanted to do. So I would play him over Mateta. And then um, Schlupp, I would play Schlupp, yes. I think he offers far more than Eze, whilst I appreciate and um, like to see Eze's um, flair on the wall, if you like. I think Schlupp's a better all-round player. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, Matt. I mean, again, you want, if Eze's got the ball, you want to see him penetrate, and he didn't do any of that today. I accept, you know, the goals, you know, he's tried to bring it down in his own box, and obviously, as Luke said, his pocket's picked, which he shouldn't have done. But, you know, Jeffrey, the minute he's got on the pitch, I was surprised he didn't make changes at half-time, if I'm honest. He waited 10 minutes um, to give him a C. I didn't think we changed it significantly then. But the minute Jeff gets down the side, whips in a beautiful ball. And that's what Christian does. That's his bread and butter. And he wins a good header. Great goal. So, for me, I, I think, yes, Jeffrey, I'd bring Jeffrey in now, possibly. Um, I thought, I have to say, I thought Jordan and I worked very hard again on the right. Uh, for 75 minutes. His work rate was very good, but I thought Christian's touches were very good. I think where I've got a bit of a concern at the moment, and I appreciate uh, we're not, we're, I might be jumping a little bit, so forgive me. Um, where I think, I think Gyro's really suffering at the moment for confidence and everything. I mean, if you still look at that first goal, whichever way you look at it, there were four players around them. You know, we were just not to the punch quick enough. Uh, and Gyro, for me at the moment, is really suffering. I mean, we, he had that little purple patch earlier on in the season where he was, you know, I would have said one of the first names on the team sheet. I think the young man's suffering with a lack of confidence at the moment and, and whatever. I know the game was played at a relentless pace by Chelsea in that first 20 minutes, but Gyro looked off the pace and I don't know whether that's a confidence thing. Luke? I couldn't agree with you more, Kev. For me, I mean, I, I think I've said this over the last couple of pods as well. For me, Gyro's gone off the boil a little bit um, as of late and I think that like, James McCarthy, McCarthy, uh, McCarthy, <laughs> God, whichever one it was, James McCarthy. James, James just say James. James came on. One of one of the Jimmy Max. I think he he showed more in, in the 20 minutes or so that he got than Gyro had in the pitch. I think Gyro's missing that little bit of steel and I think it might have been for the second goal I was sort of looking at it thinking 
you could have got back a bit more there. You, if you put your burners on, you could have potentially put a little bit of pressure on the man. Not, it's not saying it would have made any difference, but your job as a defensive midfielder is to disrupt play. And I, I'm not seeing that a lot from Jaira at the moment. I think he could do with a little bit of a, a, a spell out of the uh, out the starting lineup. Potentially use him to to come on for the last 20 minutes or so, and hopefully pick up a little bit of more form because at the moment. I'm not seeing enough to warrant a starting position for him. So as I messed up, Jairo needs a rest. You're not giving me much as to what was wrong with Palace today, apart from them two. What else, Kev? What was it? I mean, it, we lost four-one, right? But yeah, you know, do, do we do we expect to get anything out of the game? And, and what was it that was wrong with us today that meant we did lose four-one? Do we expect to get anything out of the game? Um, I I I think after the fighting spirit we showed up at Everton. You know, we haven't been playing bad coming into this game. And I think they've said in their last six games or seven games, apart from the Tottenham hammering, which, you know, 4-1 against us up at Spurs, I think we said was a bit of a flattery, although Tottenham took their goals very well that day. Um, So we've been quite mean, you know, and whichever way you cut the cake, you know, uh, Chelsea have been away in Europe. They've come off the back of a good result. They wanted to come out of the blocks early. So for me, I just felt, we were slow off the pace. We, we've, we've had a few weeks where we haven't conceded early, but we had two or three games where we did. And this reminded me a little bit of Burnley. We were two down in nine and a half minutes, you know, and that, that was the problem. The game's almost lost then against a, a club of Chelsea's calibre. Um, so for me, it weren't a lack of we, we weren't trying. We just didn't get close to them. We didn't get a tackling. Just going back to the, the gyro movement, Pulisic's goal, the second goal, was a fantastic goal, but he wanted that. He Once he got his first touch, he did put on that afterburner for that first yard, and I felt we could have done more. If you look at players who are throwing their body on the line today, Gary Cahill can't throw any more on his body on the line. Matt, you've already alluded, he's very unlucky with the fourth goal, but it's only because he's throwing himself in front of bodies. He's throwing himself left, right and centre. And that's Gary Cahill, and I don't think there was enough of that today. That's what I think was missing. I'm going to be honest with you. I'd like to see Wilf not moan every time something doesn't go his way. Every time something doesn't go his way. Um, I know it's frustrating for him today, but I just felt we weren't at it. Chelsea were very good. But again, and we've talked about it before, Matthew, we need a reaction. We need a reaction. I I don't even know what our next game is. Um, I'm just pleased that we didn't get embarrassed in the second half, if I'm really honest. And I still haven't answered your question, which I (laughs) apologise. Leicester away the next game, Kev. Oh, good. A nice easy one. Don't come that easy today. I mean, yeah, you touched on the last, I think it's seven. If you include the Brighton game, and today it's seven, right? And um, I don't think there's any results there that massively surprised us. I think we got what we deserved. You know, point against Man United was a good was a good one as well in there. But a beat in Brighton was positive, obviously. Uh, a couple of draws in including the Man United. Obviously, as you mentioned, the, the Tottenham sort of battering, but as we said, a little bit off what it maybe should have been. And, and, I, and I just think today, I think you hit the nail on the head for me, Kev. When I, I don't think there's much wrong with Palace today. I think it was very much a case of Chelsea got two goals in 10 minutes. And that is very, very untypical Palace. Palace is about game management, getting to the second half and then building. And we saw the second half was such a different performance. Mm. So it's like the game plan maybe was shocked within 10 minutes. 
Um, and therefore the chance to build in the second half was kind of was somewhat gone. You did wonder when Palace got that goal back, whether they were actually going to up the ante and actually get back into it. Um, mm. Wasn't wasn't okay. wasn't to be, but there was that option on the on the table. I think what you can take out of this is, look, I think we've got 15 days now between this, this game and the next game, which for some reason I can't really fathom given we've had three weeks uh, anyway, but I think it's to do with telly or whatever. But is this an opportunity then? For, for, for other players to come in. So Tyrick Mitchell, obviously, he's been on the bench the last few games. Do, do you start him at left-back now instead of Patrick Van Arnold? Like we say, Jara Riederveld, is it time for him to get, get out and, and, and for someone like James McCarthy, McCarthy or McCarthy to come in? Will we see Jean-Philippe Mateta uh, ever again this, this season? You know, there's lots of questions to be answered, boys. And uh, I'm just here sipping on my beers, hoping you boys have got some answers. Well, look, let, let me answer some of those for you, Luke, while you continue drinking. Um, first things first, I mean, JPM, you know, if you're, um, if you're Batshuayi who scored against Everton, you're going to be knocking on the door saying, give me a chance to start. But I wouldn't necessarily change Christian and Jordan at the moment from, from what they did. So that's, that's, that's going to be difficult for, for Roy to, to manage that, actually. I think it's going to be tricky. I think there's an absolute argument now for uh, Mitchell to come in um, PVA for me I, I text you guys a few times he was coming in so narrow I mean I think I could have run the right wing quite well today Hudson I'm quicker than Hudson Adoy as you know anyway um, but I, I think I could have run the wing today he, he, he had so much space over there you can't give players of that quality that space because they will hurt you as Chelsea did um, so I, you know I appreciate he might have been playing playing um, the game plan of what Roy wanted. But we, we were naive, I felt. And the only thing I would say, and I'll, I'll come on to Matt, what Matt point. Yeah, we're two down in 10 minutes. But whereas when we were that abjectly poor against Burnley at home, I felt we at least then came into the game and, and tried to almost affect it. And I, I agree with you, Matt. Believe it or not, when Christian scored at 3-1 in the 64th, 65th minute, I thought, if we get the next one in the next 10 or 15 minutes... This could be an interesting uh, situation. So that, that's where I am with it, Luke, on those ones. I do think it's time to rest Gyro. Um, I think for me, whether it's Jimmy Mack the first or Jimmy Mack the second, we miss the other Jimmy Mack big time at the moment. We are missing him hugely in the middle of our park. And that is, I think, has been a big part of where our game has dropped off quite a lot. That's what's worrying me more at the moment, if I'm honest. To be fair, on the Jairi situation, what option has Roy had? If he wants to play two sort yeah. of defensive holding midfielders, that's yeah. his option at the minute, right? He hasn't got Jimmy Mack squared or whichever one. He hasn't got either of them right at the minute. He's got one just coming back. So, you know, now it might be a chance to make a change. I was going to say, is it not then a point of changing the formation so you accommodate someone like Jeffrey Schlupp instead? So you don't go with two defensive midfielders. You you keep your wide men in AU and um, Eze and you put someone like Jeffrey Schlupp who can drive the ball forward through the middle. No, because then we get battered. No, because well, then we say, get, we get battered. I think you say that, bro, but it, it might give us a little bit more ap- attacking impetus in the game and, and it maybe a little bit more service into Christian Benteke, which, which Jeffrey supplied today, Kev. But it's, it's, but it's not, sorry, it's not zero sum though, is it, Lou? Because you, you, by, by playing an attacking player, you lose a defensive solidity that those two players bring you. So what today, have you got to lose, bro? What have you got to lose? If, 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 you're, if you're safe this season, why, why not? Why not gamble? Because today, look, it's not a 4-1, it's a 10-1. No, I don't, I don't believe that. 
Go on, Kev. Can, can I answer before I get into this brotherly feud? Where else on a pod will you hear zero sum said? Can I just say, Matthew, thank you for bringing a bit of class to a Crystal Palace podcast. Because I think what you'll have is everyone will be looking at, what does zero sum mean? I'm loving it, Matt. You're the main man. Um, I'm going to throw something else into the mix. And I don't know where we are defensively at the moment. But if you're looking for a defensive midfielder, is it not time for Chicky? to be given his chance to go and step up there if we've got enough centre-halves who might be able to come in and play in the back. Because if we're thinking that Gyro needs protecting or, or, or taking out of the firing line for a moment, that is, is it an opportunity to put Chicky in there? And, you know, um, whether Scott Dan or, or Kelly or someone, are they fit enough to come in um, and play in that back three or four? Because as, as Luke says, we've got six or seven games is it not time to, to give him that chance to go and play in his midfield? Because let's be honest, he's done us a fantastic job all season, but but he he, he was bought to be a defensive midfielder, wasn't he? Or, or have I got that wrong? And if I have, then forgive me. No, I, I agree with you, Kev. But the problem is, um, is that I think James Tonkin's only just returned to training. And for me, I don't think you can play Gary Cahill and Scott Dan uh, together, I think there's just such a lack of pace there that that worries me. And, and Scott Dan has lost that. I wouldn't say lost that 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 defensive attributes to him because he, he's still a great defender. But what about Kelly? Com- well, look, Gary Ke- Martin Kelly's not had a, a, a sniff this season, has he? And, and you have to wonder what what what's going to happen there. Um, it's another option. But Kev, yeah, look, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, good. it's a very good point, not one I considered before. And I think potentially that could be the the answer to the gyro uh, equation there. So I think Chet Kaito is a better centre-back than he's a defensive midfielder. I think that is the... Because um, it, it plays to his strengths. You know, he's not the best pass for the ball. And that, that was the frustration for many Palace fans when he was playing in midfield. And I think from the back, he doesn't have to pass it much, does he? Nick passed to Cahill, he passed it back to him. So um, I think it plays through strengths. I think I think Tomasov is a far better player there. I'm not, I'm not quite on the gyro needs a rest point. I, I see there are there are now better options coming into play with McCarthy coming back and hopefully James MacArthur. But I do think there's something that, about the solidity of Palace and it, it plays to the game plan as well. I'm trying to think of another good term for you there, Kev, to throw in uh, maybe some paradigms or something we can throw in. But, you know... <laughs> There needs, there needs to be, we need to, we need to look at the whole pie. Is uh, oh. all to, to think Matt, about. You are the man. We've already had an equation from Luke. I mean, this is just this is just different level. This is different level kind of pod work. This is this this is what Abbott Sale does for you, Kev. That's this what is what Abbott Sale does for you, boys. Well, I'm glad I'm drinking my tea at this rate. So 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 listen, just summing up where we are then today. So I, I know this is um, obviously a balanced pod. We, we've been very complimentary about Chelsea. Let's let's just be just take a step for the moment. Where are Chelsea going to finish, boys? Where do you think they're going to finish? Couldn't care less, Kev. Fair enough. Appreciate that, Matt. Are you? In the <laughs> I'm same sorry. Place? No, that's fair. No, I, I love that. That's that. I know when we cut you in half, you are red and blue. I I just thought I'd give a bit more of a balanced view to try and get a few Chelsea fans to listen. You know the rules, Matt. Have you? Do you? You don't care either, do you? No, that's a fair point. Do you know what? We won't we won't erase this from the pod. All right. Just watch me squirm with embarrassment as I now try and backtrack from the fact that none of you and I won't swear because my little nephew listens and various other people. Um, but thanks, boys, for throwing me under the bus. Pleasure. Love that. Thank you very much. So where are Palace going to finish then, boys? <laughs> <laughs>
shows that Kev's trying to create some sort of discussion around the Premier League game when he's just not having it. I think that's what it is. After a four-hour defeat, I'm sorry, Kev, I'm just not, yeah. you know I'm not, I'm not really minded to talk about Chelsea. I, I don't even know where Chelsea are in the league now. Where are they in the league now? Phil, full fifth. Who cares? Oh, like you say, no one cares. There you go. There you go. No one cares. There you go. I've got myself out of jail. Got myself out of jail there. Right, anyway, let's not worry about that. So what, next game, Leicester. Leicester City away. Now, you know how good the pod was last year after Leicester City away, right? Let's hope it's going to be better this year then, boys. So, um, uh, can I can I just to, as it's Saturday night and you boys have been drinking, can I just raise the uh, management question? You know, the fact that Eddie Howe has declared the fact that he's not looking to take a job before the summer after Celtic have supposedly been chasing him this week and he's got representatives saying that he's not looking to take a job to the summer. Does that make you fear or feel that Eddie's a man? It doesn't, mate. For, for me, the whole <laughs> Eddie Howe thing... No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm going to quantify that by, by saying that... I, quantify! I Look at that. Another big word. We're quantifying things, Matt. We're quantifying stuff. I think he means qualify, Kev, but carry yeah. on, Lee. Yeah, now you quantify and qualify, mate, and we'll decide which time it is. Go on, you go. I'll, I'll qualify, quantify... I think Eddie Howe was never going to make a decision until the summer. From, from, from all the rumours I heard from journalists close to Palace or, or close, to, close to Bournemouth was that this was Eddie's season out and he was never going to come back into management until the summer. Now, I think the rumours are that he's gone up and spoken to Celtic and I don't think the fact that he's not taking the job now is, is either here or there because the season's done for them. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. they're going to finish in second. You know, I think, I think uh, they're going to qualify for the Europa League for, through the, for the qualification stage. So, it was always going to be something that happens in the summer. For me, I'm, I'm still not an Eddie Howe boat. I, I still can't get excited about Eddie Howe coming to Palace. I can't get excited about Sean Dice coming to Palace. I, I, the more and more I think about it, the more and more this, this saga drags on, I can see Roy signing another se- another, for another deal for another season. And then, and then you might have an announcement midway or, or three, two-thirds through next season. I, I, I don't see a viable option that works for Palace at the moment, apart from Roy Hudson, if I'm honest. Okay, Matt, that's that's a good point, Luke, and thank well made because I I wasn't aware of where exactly how was Matt. Where, where are you on this at the moment, mate? Don't know why um, Eddie Hearn keeps getting links with Palace. Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn. Yeah, first the boxing care. I don't know why he keeps getting linked with us. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I'm, I'm 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 bored talking about the situation. If I'm honest with you, um, I don't want it to be Palace manager. Uh, that sale for that shit for me has sailed. I, I would be more positive about Sean Dyche, but I don't see why he'd leave Burnley. Uh, yep, I think Roy will stay for another year, and I still think Dougie will come in. <laughs> I think Go what's on, more interesting is in some of the reports this this week where they've been talking about how has turned down Celtic because his 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 head's been turned by Palace or whatever. Is this rumor of Palace? The next Palace manager or, or Palace have been promised a fifty million pound war chest in the summer, which which was news to me. And it, it it's brilliant when you you get these cliches sort of rolled out in the press. I just think it, it, it's quite funny. Who who on earth is ever going to leak that link that to the press that Palace have got X amount to spend in the summer? It does make me chuckle sometimes. But look, it's all going to come out the wash, isn't it, boys? And I think it's all going to be fun and games until then. And we're going to see a lot more newspaper inches. Uh, speculating absolute nonsense until we have anything further for Palace. We know Palace keep their cards close to their chest. Uh, yeah, let's just wait and see. I, I, I can't see any change happening in the next honest. Uh, yeah, what would you do on a £50 million pound war chest? Buy some, buy some bombs or some £50 million or? Pound war chest? Oh, I don't know. 
I don't know. Who would I go out and buy? Who would you? What? How many players would you want for your fifty million? Bearing in mind what we've had with COVID, two, three. What? What? what what's the maximum you'd want to play for a player? Fifteen million, and you buy two or three players. We know Palace's activity and strategy in the market is not to go out and spend millions and millions. And and, and I think the wage bill also is a situation that you look yeah. at the context. Sacco, goodness me, right? How much money has that bloke earned this year? <laughs> Sitting, not doing a lot. I'm Let, following him on, on social media. He's, he's, in, he's, he's in Dubai or wherever he is with all his family and a great time on Palace's money. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Palace will want to avoid as many reoccurrence as that as possible. Just before you go to your brother, I think I know where I'd spend that 50 million, right? I'd buy the four foot of land we need off Sainsbury's and build my stand. And that that will that will feel like a better spend of money. So Sainsbury's, if you're listening, Uncle Kev's got 50 million quid to spend and I'm prepared to pay you 50 million to buy that foot of land you won't let us have at the moment, all right? Luke's getting that's, really annoyed now. Luke's getting really annoyed. That's an expensive bit of tarmac, mate. I'll tell you that, Jesus <laughs> it Christ. It is, mate. It is. But we need but, to get it, right? Let's show some progress. But but, but he's probably more defensively um, sound or, or, or probably physically fit than Mamadou Sacco anyway. So I put that bit of tarmac in uh, alongside Gary Cahill. But look, I think you're not going to get many pa- many players for that sort of money. You look at Palace's spending history, right? What was it? Nine million on Sirlot recently. 16 on Eze, which could rise to 20, they reckon. I'm trying to think who else we bought recently. James McCarthy. He was two million. IU was two million. The Palace don't go and spend big money like that. I think ten million for Chicky, wasn't it? Yeah. What? Well, that was a few seasons ago now, Kevin. That wasn't. Yeah, it? I, know. Think yeah about no, it. I know. I know. I, I think saying, if, yeah. if you look at Palace's targets, you've probably got. We're looking at top of the championship. So there's a. I think there's a couple of kids at Reading that Palace are, are, are courting in, in the midfield and, and, and strikers as well. I think that. I can't see Palace going and spending sort of thirty million pounds on a Watkins or a Ben Rama like Villa and, and West Ham did respectively. It will be interesting to see what Palace do in the summer. I think it's also going to depend quite heavily on who gets relegated because Fulham have got a lot of good players. If they go down, there's, there's going to be an opportunity there. West Brom, likewise, they've got a few that, that Palace might be interested in. So I think that's where Palace are going to be looking. Not bargain basement stuff, but it's definitely going to be um, uh, tightening the purse strings and, and trying to shop around for what you can get. Don't so forget also there will be lots of players out of contract as well, not at Palace. And again, in a COVID world, there will be other players not getting renewals. So there'll be that dynamic. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Matt, I know we've done points previously and I, I, I'm not trying to progress this for the sake of it because um, I know there's nothing on the telly on a Saturday night. Just out of interest, you know, we've got what, is it seven or eight games now left, Luke? Forgive me. I'm not asking for points total, but what are we looking for from performance-wise? Because... As we know, last season, you know, our last eight games, we lost seven and then drew the last one. So we're in that same stage. We weren't on the beach today, but we weren't at it for those first 10 minutes, as we know. And it's, as you say, game plans in out the window. What are you looking for from from Palace? Not to give us hope, that sounds rubbish, but what are we looking for to finish the season in, in in a positive place? From your side, so I'll go to you first, Matt. If I may. What what, what is it? Six games, right? And in seven there, games, I think Luke said. Is it seven, Luke? Yeah, I think it's in, seven. If I remember rightly, in there, there's Liverpool, yeah, Arsenal. We said Leicester, Man City, Man City as well, yeah, 
Uh, and I think, oh, I'm going to be wrong here. Sheffield United and Villa are also in there, I think, as well. Yeah. Don't know where I'm at numbers-wise there. What am I looking for, Kev? Some uh, positive performances against the, the bigger teams that I mentioned there. Um, and I'm looking for us to beat Sheffield United and beat Villa, hopefully. Okay. So I, I would expect a few defeats in there, if I'm going to be honest with you, because I wouldn't expect to get any points out of those bigger teams. Um, strong performances. And, and I think Lucas said it before, I would like I would like to, in an ideal world, although I don't think it would happen, I would like to see a few younger players get them to go. The um, the lad got a go on the bench today, didn't he? Was he 17, 18? Um, yeah, some more of that would be, would be great. But I, I, I don't expect it because I think, uh, the way Hodgson and Lewington run things is very professional, very focused on um, the, the right outcome for, for Palace and, and results being positive as far as they can be. How about you, Kev? Well, I suppose from my point of view, like like you said there, it would be nice. I think Luke talked a few weeks ago about us possibly disrupting one of the big teams in their running. Obviously, we've clearly not done that today against um, Chelsea, but you could say that we disrupted a little bit for Everton uh, a few days ago, obviously with the the, la- the late equaliser. So I, I'd still think there's a twist in the towel in that we could still upset one of the big teams as to what they're doing when they're chasing it. Because that top four, as much as you're not interested, is going to be an interesting because you've got, uh, I think they said about six clubs chasing two positions. And that, you know, so that's going to be an interesting running. I'd like to see him Possibly change formation or just give... I'd like to see Mateta get a little bit of a run. I don't think he's going to get much of a run, if I'm honest, but I'd like to see him get one um, or get a few games under his belt before. Um, and I think he's earned that, you know. Reality is he he, he's, he he deserves his chance. But I think Christian's playing well, so let, let's wait and see. It's going to be difficult to see how he fits him in, but I can't see why he can't be given, given 25 minutes, half an hour uh, of at least two or three of those games, at least, to give him some of that time. Um, so I'm, I'm like you, Matt. I'd like to see seven games to go. I'd like to see us, if we could pick up a couple of wins and a draw, I'd still like us to see us pick up seven points from what we've got left uh, minimum. And if, if we end up with, what, seven points, that would give us, what, um, is that 45 points? I'll, I'll take 45 like points. That. Yeah, I'll take 45 points this season based on that. I, I do think, just before we go to Luke, and I, they said it on the commentary again, we are a team that suffers when there's no fans in the ground. I believe. I believe the the Palace, the Sellers Park factor for me is huge. And the sooner we can get our fans back in the ground, the sooner we benefit from that. Because some players play off that adrenaline. And let's be honest, and I think one of you boys mentioned it the other week, it's been fantastic what most players have done for a year at this level. But it's it's it really needs people now, and, and and that will make a big change. Sorry, Luke, over to you. That's fine, mate. I I think for me it will be about the performances. Also, be about I've, I know I've, I've said this before, but players who have a, a future at Crystal Palace, I want to see some more of that. So, John Philippe Mateta. Look, Christian Mateta, he's going to sign a new deal, which I think might be increasingly likely unless he gets a a big wage packet offer from from abroad. I think that's looking more likely maybe here next season. So I'm happy to see him. I would like to see Mateta. Mateta and Benteke alongside each other. That might be quite interesting to see as a, as a two. And you saw Will pushed on to the, into the left-hand side as the midfield went to a fiver for about 20 minutes in the second half. Someone like Tariq Mitchell. And, and yeah, this, this, this get a few more kids on, on the bench. It's given that experience because if anything, the, the under-18s have anything to go by, then the Palace of the future is very bright. So if you can feel 
a couple of uh, spots on the bench with youngsters to get them in and around the first team. You know, obviously training during the week, but then get them the match they experience. That's that's what I want to see. And look, if, if we're winning the game by two or three goals, get them on for five, ten minutes. You know, I, I appreciate that's 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 probably um, optimistic, but um, I, I think that's what Palace fans would would like to, to see to give everyone a bit of a lift. Um, and Kev, let's hope for the last two games of the season we can have uh, Palace fans in there. Yeah. Um, and I think they talk about the Arsenal game, we might be able to get in there and have something like 4,000 fans or something like that. So um, yeah. fingers crossed we can get in there and make the same sort yeah. of difference we made against Tottenham. Yeah, that would be nice. That, I think that would be good, Luke. I think that would be good. So just, just to finish with that, up there, we've had a question actually for the, for the pod. It's coming from Tom McDonald. He's asked, one cross, one goal. Why don't we get more balls into the box? Kev. Do you know what, Tom? I think you're spot on, mate. Um, and I think thank you for putting the question to us. I, I couldn't agree more. If you look at the quality with what he's gone down the wing and whipped that in, you know, that's what we're there. We've talked a lot about the pod, haven't we? Uh, if we're going to play Benteke, play to his strengths, which is his heading, you know. Um, so I, I am frustrated that we don't do that. And I, I'm with Tom. Having played on the wing myself, I want, I want to see wingers go down and whip the ball in. It's pointless, but and particularly if you've just said, Luke, if we get to a stage where Mateta and Christian are up there, I'd like to see that option. I'd like to see what that looks like. So, uh, I, Tom, I'm with you 100%, mate. I'd love to see us uh, doing that. And Jeffrey Slup's got that. Jeffrey Slup has that in his locker. And this is where I think I get a bit frustrated. I, I look at Eze at the moment, and this is not getting at Eze in any way, shape or form. That boy has got so much ability to go down, whip it in a bit like when Andros does. And I'm just don't, not seeing him doing that. And I think he's the type of guy, if he runs at players, you know, I grew up in the Vince Hilaire era, boys. All right. I know you weren't even born then. But, you know, you want to watch exciting wingers who go down, get to the byline, whip the cross in. You know, in the days of Swindlehurst and that. But you get across, you get it into your big man. That goal was beautiful today and it was simple. OK. And that's what we need to do. Get the ball in, get it to the big man. Um, so, Tom... Yeah, I, I just wish we were doing it, mate. And uh, if you can get on to Roy, pop down and see him in Sainsbury's or somewhere, wherever he is doing his shopping, and say, Roy, let's get some let's get some crosses whipped in. And Tom, I'm with you 100%, my friend. Here we go. We've heard it from Kev. Roy shops in Sainsbury's. <laughs> you've, heard, you've heard it all now. No, I don't think he does because they won't sell us the land. So do you know what? He mostly don't. He might be a little. Who knows? If you are, Roy, what are you doing on that point? Yeah, don't give them any money. If yeah, don't give them any money, Roy. Roy, don't go to Sainsbury's. You're a Waitrose man, Roy, I can tell. I think so, Kev. I think so. <laughs> very good. Chaps, thanks very much for your comedy this evening. Thanks to all our listeners at Six Pointer Podcast. As always, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, until next time, chaps, let's keep it Palace and up the Palace. Up the Palace. Up the Palace. Up to Palace. The Six Pointer Podcast. Uh,